In the words of Kobe Bryant, I'm not going anywhere. No matter what the injury, I'm going to be the same player I've always been. I'll figure it out. I'll make some tweaks, some changes, but I'm still coming. These are the words we can use as inspiration as we see the top wide receiver in the league, two of the most electric rookies, another starting running back, all hit the IR in week five. So today, as Kobe said, we'll make some tweaks, some changes, but we're still coming. I'll give my thoughts on the downstream impacts of each of these injuries and preview the week ahead. Let's get to it right now. Welcome back to the DraftKings Football Show, hosted in partnership with our friends at DraftKings. I am your host, Justin Herzig, and this feels like a, oh, the pain, the injuries, not a fun week. What about rough week? What a rough week. Crazy to think that you could have drafted the top wide receiver in the game. You could have had two huge hits on both Anthony Richardson and Devon Achan. Throw in James Conner, who's outperforming his expectations, and you'd have lost all four in one week. Fantasy football can be absolutely brutal. Uh, it is tough. It is tough. But we are here to make our tweaks, make some changes, and keep pushing on. So let's dive into each of these situations. And uh, I think a decent way to kind of start from a high level. So even if you're not playing Rainmakers, it's still interesting to see how that market is reacting to these various industries. So Anthony Richardson, his core dropping from $15 to $3. Devon Achan's from 15 down to five. Justin Jefferson, 16 to seven. And then James Conner dropping from seven to $1.50. Uh, I think overall, the market is baking in this Anthony Richardson risk that the injury may be far more than just four weeks, potentially even this season. I think that's the case. I hope that's not the case, but we're really seeing some pessimism around um, the Anthony Richardson side of things. For Achan and Jefferson, they're holding their price a little bit better. People are still excited for when they return. They're also, I mean, I think each have that kind of game-breaking, position-breaking upside, definitely. Uh, obviously, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one overall, Devon Achan, Devon Achan with a more on a weekly basis with his efficiency. Uh, and the James Conner one dropping the most percentage-wise, but in my opinion, this actually probably makes him a pretty decent buy right now in Rainmakers, maybe in your home leagues. Because when he returns, there's a good chance that he returns with Kyler Murray. And so I'm not expecting um, – I'm expecting him to retain that job. I'm not expecting him to lose that. Yes, we've seen DeMarcado kind of cut into the pass game work, but he still has a pretty solid job, uh, pretty solid role in that offense, and especially if when Kyler is back. So maybe that's a buy low that the market is telling us. But let's break down each of these situations a bit more, and most importantly – who are the impact? Who are the benefactors here? Who else is impacted as these players are out? So starting off with Anthony Richardson. Well, I think that I mean, obviously this injury is bad for Anthony Richardson owners. I think it's actually a boost for just about every other skill position player on that in the offense. So if we look at um, you know, our sample size from week three, which is when Gardner Minshew played the entire game, week two, Minshew played most of it, a little more than the second half. And then again, played a decent you know, majority in the most recent game. So for Gardner Minshew, I think he's fine. If you're a 2QB league, you definitely would like to have him. But from a DFS, from a 1QB standpoint, not really targeting him. I don't think he has that upside that we're looking for in today's league with quarterbacks. But other players, I mean, Josh Downs. 
He received 27% of the team's targets in week three when Anthony Richardson Richardson was out, 25% in week five. Majority of that was after Anthony Richardson went out. Um, I think this is a huge boost for him as he really has positioned and cemented himself as the wide receiver two in that offense. Um, From a Michael Pittman standpoint, it gives him a slight boost, but we didn't see the uh, splits nearly as strong between him, um, Anthony Richardson and Minshew for uh, for Michael Pittman in those same weeks. From a running back standpoint, Zach Moss absolutely went off. He was finished. He finished as RB five in week three and RB two last week. Also was the RB ten in week two when Anthony Richardson went out a little left, little in the second quarter, and almost all of that work came when Anthony Richardson was out. I think he got one target with Anthony Richardson. And then, ooh, I forgot the number, but it's something like another four or five or so afterwards. We know that Gardner Minshew uses those running backs as a bit more of a safety blanket. Um, and I don't know what the split's going to be between Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. We expect them to continue to ramp up Jonathan Taylor. That's what we've heard out of um, Shane Steichen. And we're you know, full expectation that makes complete sense. For this week, maybe it's 50-50. I actually think that Zach Moss is going to touch, get a little more touches than Jonathan Taylor as it is still a ramp up. Uh, but those touches are going to be valuable touches because when we think about it, I mean, hey, with Anthony Richardson, he's getting more rushing yards himself. He's getting more rushing touchdowns himself. With Gardner Minshew, you're actually getting in total more pass attempts. More passes to the running backs, Josh Downs as well as your reference, uh, and more opportunities for teammates to share in those touchdowns. Obviously, hey, when you're now at the uh, two-yard line, one-yard line, that Anthony Richardson rushing play is not your kind of go-to with Minshew. So whether it's the running backs benefiting, whether it's the wide receivers, uh, lots of opportunities there. So overall, boost for just about every um, skilled player in that offense. Tight ends is the outlier. No noticeable change there. Actually saw a little more usage for Colin Granson with Anthony Richardson, but they were actually more catchable targets with Gardner Minshew. So it probably evens out there. No noticeable note there. Let's move on for Devon Achan. Uh, we have week one with minimal Achan, so we can look back to that. In that week, Mostert had 53% of the carries. Ahmed and Brooks shared with the rest. I imagine they'll try to get Moser around that 50%, maybe up to 60% mark for these next few weeks with Ahmed and ramping up Wilson with the other carries. Mostert's really going to be the biggest benefactor as the pass catching RB. He ran a route on 70% of two his dropbacks in week one versus averaging 54% in the next three games. And then also around the goal line, he's clearly the most trusted running back at this point. Again, when Jeff Wilson is healthy, We'll see this ramp up. We'll see how he's doing with the injury. Obviously, he was used in the goal line last year a decent amount as well. And I think um, I think he will have a pretty solid role if he can get healthy quick enough before HN returns. And then from a larger macro in that offense, I think we see more usage from Tyreek and Waddle. McDaniel's a guy who you know gets his best players the ball. This becomes a more narrow tree without HN. So Tyreek, Waddle, both of those, I think, will get a slight boost with HN no longer in that offense. But uh, most are the biggest benefactor, and Jeff Wilson when he is back. Looking at Justin Jefferson, uh, oof, this is just tough. If you were, I mean, no question, he was a top two pick, maybe top three pick um, in fantasy drafts. 
started out the year very strong and just tough, tough to see. So what is this team going to look like? I think Jordan Addison is going to get every opportunity to really prove that he can be the guy without Jefferson. The pros for Addison are that he's head and shoulders, the best wide receiver on that team, and Cousins isn't going to stop throwing the ball. So his ceiling is ridiculously high without Jefferson. The cons, though, are Addison has been struggling with press coverage, which teams can now leverage a little more without worrying about Jefferson. And then Osborne, KJ Osborne also has that experience playing that X role previously. Maybe they could plug him in as a direct fill-in for Jefferson. Obviously, he's not going to give you near the level of production, but from a role-wise, I think there is a risk there just from familiarity for Osborne, that offense, and that X role. I think the larger risk here is really the mass, the macro risk of what's going to happen with this team after losing Justin Jefferson. I still think they remain a throw-first team. Offensive line in the rushing game is nowhere near enough for them to lean on that. But how efficient is this team? How many kind of three and outs are they going to have? Expecting far fewer touchdown opportunities. So while I think the upside for Addison has definitely increased, I think the overall kind of uh, risk is also far greater. The other benefactor here, I think, is going to be TJ Hawkinson. His role hasn't been as elite from a usage as we hoped. He's only been running a route on 80% of Cousins' dropbacks. Despite him having really high efficiency in weeks one to three, he finished as tight ends three, number one, and number four. And in the last two weeks, had back-to-back weeks outside the top 10. Uh, we may see more two tight end sets with Josh Oliver. And I think Hawkinson's targets really will, you know, I think he should get that boost. So he's been averaging around 20% of the av- of the targets. I could see that going up to around 23, 24%. Doesn't sound like that much, but... I mean, it's it's very beneficial when we're actually doing projections and where you're looking at the um, where you're looking at kind of projecting tight ends against each other. So, hoping he can step up and you know just overall Addison Hawkinson Osborne taking a little more and hopefully that offense doesn't just continue to struggle. And then there's also the Cousins aspect of like, hey, they actually the Minnesota Vikings actually worked out Colt McCoy this past week. Like, is that a sign of? seeing what else is available in case they want to trade Kirk Cousins. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, just trying to think through because there's obviously lots of talk around, well, maybe Justin Jefferson doesn't come back because the team is so bad. I'm not buying that. He's a rookie. He's played football all his life. When he's healthy, he's going to want to play football. Even if he were to get hurt and have a bad injury, that's not going to hurt his next contract. He's still one of, if not the best wide receivers in the game. So I think Justin Jefferson does come back once he is healthy. No question about that. What this team looks like when he does, I don't know. That's where there's obviously this risk. And the last one, we'll touch on the James Conner. So James Conner has had a solid start. They're not superb start to the season. The pro, what we've liked about it is he's looked pretty good with his explosiveness when he's on the field, but he's lost that pass down work that he was getting in past years as we've seen his routes go from 76% of week one to settling around an average of 40%. On the other side, DeMarcado, his has grew from 6% to 9%, all the way up to 64% in week five. I think that Keontae Ingram, assuming he's healthy, he's got that neck injury, but assuming he's healthy, he'll be the primary rusher and DeMarcado will get some rushing, but most of the pass catching work. Lots of unknowns here though. So worth keeping an eye on because I think the opportunity is if one of them can get a James Conner role, which includes both rushing and pass catching, no one's going to get a workhorse role. But if you can just get, hey, you know, 
a good amount of that rushing and still play roles of pass catching and not just a full kind of split between rushing and pass catching. This could be a sneaky, valuable spot. I wouldn't feel comfortable starting either of them this week unless, you know, if Keontae Ingram, if the reports are that he's going to be on snap count, that he's not fully healthy, then DeMarcado could be a fantastic play. All right, those are the main thoughts on those kind of four core IR injuries. Sad to see, but hopefully, hey, as Kobe says, we move on, we move on. All right, let's talk to Thursday night football game. Chiefs are 10.5 point home favorites versus the Denver Broncos. That's projecting them to score 29, Broncos at 19. Both teams looking to be at full strength for offensive skill players. Travis Kelsey looks good. Javante Williams, I think, is going to be back. Um, On the Denver side, let's take a look at pass catchers. Jerry Judy ran his most routes last week, and the box score showed it. He got 31% of the targets. Cortland Sutton, by result, drew his fewest targets of the season. only got 8% or two targets on the day. I think the field is going to follow that and play Judy a bit more than Sutton this week. Looking at ETR projection, we have projected for about the exact same amount of targets. And if the field is going to chase the Judy side of things, I think it's a decent time to, hey, if you're playing showdown, bet on Sutton. He has then the better uh, from from an overall usage wide receiver on the year. And I didn't get a chance to look back, but I'm curious if, hey, playing against the Jets, maybe Sauce Gardner had some kind of impact on why it was such a lopsided uh, towards Judy over Sutton when that's been the opposite throughout this year. Um, Kansas City side. Pacheco is probably my favorite play on the KC side of the ball. As I said, home favorite, 10 plus points. And teams are just gashing the Broncos on the ground. Denver's giving up a league high 187 yards per game on the ground this year. That's 33 yards more than the next team. Teams are averaging 5.9 yards per carry. Again, a league high against the Broncos. I also like, hey, if you want to get a little something down, the Isaiah Pacheco alternate rushing yards bet tonight. I was looking on DraftKings. You can get plus 475 in Pacheco to rush for 120 plus yards. I'm expecting him to have a big game tonight. And then... For a little fun, I'm going to give a little, I mean, I'll give my own over under number of times we see Taylor Swift on camera at seven and a half tonight because she is going to be there. And you know that Amazon is going to be happy about it with their streaming it tonight. You know that the announcers are going to be, everybody's going to be eating it up. NFL is just all into the Swift apocalypse. But yeah, I'm giving seven and a half. Leave me a review. Send me a tweet if you think this is high or low or want to uh, make it that either way. I'd be down to put a couple of dollars on my over-under. I have no idea. Okay, looking at the week ahead, starting off kind of looking at, hey, what we think is going to be kind of a chalky aspect. We got deja vu, but Bengals and Cardinals are looking to be chalky again. This time, of course, not playing each other, but still Chase and Mixon are looking to be high owner ion plays. And on the other side, you've got Hollywood Brown and Zach Ertz as well. Thinking about how we um, you know, use use this chalk in tournaments or what we're thinking about McCash, we can think about as the week goes on, but that leads me to the Cincinnati side of things because Cincy looking like it is chalky. When you have those two, I expect Burrow's going to also be chalky in tournaments as well. What is, I don't know, a little unexpected, but like if you look at the pricing, not expecting anything on the Seattle side though, to be chalky. Um, Most of their ownership are substantially below 10%. And You've got this new, you know, the Sims have gotten more and more people to kind of say, hey, I don't need a bring back um, when I'm playing a stack. And so I don't think that the Seattle side is going to actually get played much. Tyler Lockett has looked good recently. I still am always bullish on DK Metcalf. I don't think JSN is going to come out 
of this buy with getting substantially more usage than before. Kenneth Walker's look good. It's like all good plays. I think the price has just, the price is just going to keep ownership down as well as people don't feel confident in which of the pass catchers is really going to be the winner for this week. So if you do want to get a unique way to play this game that on the Bengals side is high owned, I like going with Gino and picking one of those stack partners, or maybe, Hey, even going with a double stack there with uh, Lockett and DK getting that low ownership and then going to bring back with either the higher on Jamar Chase or Joe Mixon. That game is up in pace. You've got a 45 and a half point total. Definitely could be a shootout. So I like that. My favorite game of the week though is Indianapolis at Jacksonville. I've talked a little earlier about what happens when Gardner Minshew plays for that indie team. It is still an up and pace fast team. This Jacksonville defense is not that great, but we know that the offense, hey, if things can click, can put up points. There is the weird wonkiness of uh, maybe a little jet lag by the Jaguars as well. Coming back after two weeks in London, they are at home at least. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe that that's probably honestly more of a narrative thing. Like we'll have to look to see what ownership looks like and people are kind of fading them because of that. But I think give me a Lawrence stack with Josh Downs as a bring back. Love, love that. You could also get Gardner Minshew and Josh Downs very cheap. I think 50, well, 50. 5,100 or 5,000 for Gardner Minshew this week. Josh Downs, I think down around 4,100. Uh, great stack there to allow yourself to kind of pay up elsewhere. And the other one that I want to reference is somehow the two stacks are looking like they may go under the radar this week. Everyone's A lot of people are going to be playing Tyreek and Raheem Mostert as one-offs, but it doesn't seem like Tua is really getting carried with them from an ownership. So those two Tyreek stacks are always going to be popular. I mean, always going to be high upside. And without the H-hand, maybe Waddle actually, this becomes the Waddle week. His usage was the best it's been in a while last week. So maybe you can go with the double stack. Or if you really want to, you know, if you want to get a little, little ballsy, go to and Waddle and fade the Tyreek. That'd be fading Tyreek. That'd be fading Tyreek and Moster. That'd be a very unique play possible. My favorite one-off play this week that I'm looking at right now, it's got to be Cooper Cup. He's back at home against Arizona, and we saw what Chase did to them last week. Cooper looks healthy, and I think he's likely going to be under-owned, which is pretty crazy, but uh, he's $700 more than Jamar Chase and $300 less than Tyreek. I think he gets squeezed in the middle there. So pair him with Hollywood Brown. On the other side, you've got that sexy zig when they zag mini stack of Cooper Cup Hollywood Brown for that game. Um, I think that's where, especially like, hey, if you go, and I kind of feel like I'm building a lineup right now, get a little Minshew, get a little Josh Downs, pay up for Cooper Cup elsewhere. Could be pretty interesting. Oh, you got the Hollywood Brown, get that mini stack there. So I like I like this. That's probably, obviously it's early, but uh, on Thursday, that's where my head is at as some of the plays that I like the most. So that is all for today. Hopefully this was helpful. Best of luck to everyone that is playing in all your leagues and all your tournaments and all your contests this weekend. I appreciate each of you. Hey, if you can, tell a friend about the podcast, share my tweet when I'm announcing the episode um, on Thursday and Fridays. And hey, I will see you all Monday after I recap, which will hopefully be a lucrative weekend for me, for all of us. Good luck to all of you. I'll see you all later. 